Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back one more time for the autumn carnival season of the Quaddy Potty. Mitchell Cashmore, joined by Nick Hahn. How are you, mate? Good, mate. We had a really good day at the races Ripping last day. Well, I did anyway. Uh, I don't know about you. Tip four out of, out of off the card. I know two or three of them were not at a decent price, but I mean, it's still good to back some winners. Um, had some fun on the day. I'll say it right now. You've got um, animo-ridden written James McDonald goggles sitting right in front of you. Uh, yes, sitting in front of me. The, uh, the powerful, almighty... James McDonald's goggles that are going to bring us a lot of luck on the podcast. As I'll I put them on, strap mate. Strap them on. Nice work. Nice ridden goggles. Uh, I'll be honest, mate. I reckon every time we go, I go to the races, we walk away with a pair of goggles. And I reckon every time so far, except for this this last time, I always get given the goggles. Yep. Uh, those seeing on the social clips or the uh, YouTube, if we get it up, we'll see three pairs of goggles. Contributed by Nick, contributed by Nick, contributed by Cashy. The J-Mac ones, of course. We've got, I believe, Timmy Clarks on the right. In the middle, Tommy Berry. Tommy Berry, Art Cadeau, worn Everest Day 2021. 2021, Kosciuszko goggles. That's pretty insane. Yes. That was a great run. That was, was a great, a great day. One. Great day. Um, uh, but yeah, then, yeah I, so I think we've got three or four more pairs at home as well, but we didn't need to bring them all. I literally just walk away, always walk away with them because... I'm always drunk enough and in the right spot at the right time. And 100%. Literally, the most uh, annoying time was I made eye contact with a jockey. Kathy O'Hara. Kathy O'Hara. Like goggles. She it was one sees of the first time at the races too. Sees me. Eye contact made. Smiles. Yeah, mate. Here you go. Reaches out. Inches away from the hand. Nick comes from the side. I back the horse. Oh, if you back the horse, here's the goggles. And Nick walks off with them. Did not back the horse that day. And that started a uh, slippery slope of a trend. Nick stealing goggles off me left, right and centre. And only now have I gotten them. So the almighty, powerful J-Max goggles. Hopefully lots of luck. J-Max was very kind to us as well. He was, he was. He definitely didn't want to speak to us, that's for sure. He was de definitely a busy man. Um, he was one of the first jockeys back out at the back. Um, we went and saw a couple of them at the back. I know. We well, no, we spoke to him post-race and he'd already been there for about 20 minutes waiting for the interview. So he, he wanted to get going, but he was generous enough to say hello, take a picture and give me the goggles. Yeah, f uh, that's fair enough from him. We did speak to... Um, to Tyler for a little bit, Tyler Tyler Schiller, of course, where um, we will be releasing a podcast in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure when we're going to release it. We're actually recording tomorrow. We've got an interview with him, so that'll be pretty cool. Um, tune in for that. Hopefully it'll be up in the next week or so or maybe even a bit longer. We're not too sure. You can take the goggles off now, mate, if you want. You can leave them on or you can... You can leave them on. Leave them on. Leave them on. Okay. So, but yeah, it was a great day. We got to meet J-Mac. Then we head out. You know what? Because where we were parked, members car park, that's where the jockeys also park at Randwick. So as we're waiting for our ride to come along, along walks Tyler Schiller. We say hello to him. We have a chat. Then along walks Dylan Gibbons. Let's touch on it. Dylan Gibbons, finally a group one winner. Honestly, it was great. We were so wrapped for him. I know um, we did include it in the quaddy somehow. It was it was amazing. That, that quaddy, having that $34 winner in there was pretty lucky. So, um, but yeah. We we were wrapped. I know we both didn't back it in the group one and we both had different tips on the day for the Sydney Cup. 
it got into the last 100, 200 metres and we could see, and you can just hear the video of us just going, we just stopped cheering go for Dil, tips and go started Dil. cheering for Dill. Uh, we were rapped for him. Um, for those that don't know, he was our first podcast interview. So go have a look at that. That's up on our page, up on the website. However you get through um, your content, make sure you look up the Mock Sports off the track and that will come up for you. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, 100%. Uh, very, very happy for him. Uh, like he said in that interview with us, like, you know, of course, the goal everyone wants is to win that group one. And he was hoping, you know, within the next couple of years, little did he know, less than six months later, he's now tasted that group one glory. And so, you know, as we say, group one's now, Cox plates soon for the young Dill Gibbons, hopefully. 100%. Just want to touch on another thing. Um, we got a bit of an idea, not really an idea, I'd say. We... We'd done it before, but we wanted to do it again after we saw our good mates, the Cast Patrol boys, <laughs> yeah. sneak into the owner's section. So what do I do? I put my hands in my pocket. I put my chin up, put my chest out, shoulders back, walk straight through. Old mate looks at me. I make eye contact with him. He walks straight past me. Let's. I walk straight past him. Keep walking. About 10, 15 seconds later, old mate, old mate, bloody NPC, not real person, runs all the way over, leaves his post runs 20 metres away to come grab me and take me out. Bear in mind, 15 people, I kid you not, 15 <laughs> people run in because there's no one there just to get me out of there. And I was like, mate, at what cost? At what cost? The, the race is over. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even pre-race. We it just was wanted after, to get in there I just wanted to get in there and go talk to Dill. And I kid you not, he goes, where's your owner's pass? I go, oh, yeah, it's just out the back. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, it's not. Go like you, You're gone. I'm like, mate. Did you not see those 20 people run in? You're going to get sacked. And he wasn't too happy, but yeah. Great security from the ATC. Let's yeah, just good to know that they don't have... They, good thing is they don't have a security problem is sad thing we didn't get get uh, the sneak Sad in. thing is we were not one of 20 people that made it through, so... Yeah, 100%. Uh, moving on with the rest of the day. Um, what a display. Dubai Honor gets the chockies. You tipped him. You know, I my head was screaming him, but I went with my heart. It uh, didn't play out the way I wanted it to. Very unromantic finish there with Animo going down, but gee, Dubai Honor. What a horse, what a run. I think it's the perfect example of you've got to leave emotions out of horse racing. I think Probably, um, yeah. if you bet with your head, you're going to be better. As much as I'd love to see Animo win on the weekend, and I definitely had some money on the on the tab offer that was there. Um, it was $5 for, for the, the win. win yeah, max so, $10 stake. Um, I definitely had that on because I thought that is just worth getting on it. But um, you got to bet with your head in the end of the day. And Dubai Honor was never going to lose, in my opinion. Um, especially that lead-up run was so, so dominant. So I think it was the right call. And, yeah, it just shows why you should leave your emotions out and stake accordingly. Oh, yeah, genuinely. I think it's a testament to the... Um, Tom Marquand, William Haggis combination. Three out of the last four Queen Elizabeth stakes has been won by that duo. And, you know, you've got Adib, the two years straight, Dubai on it this year, all three times. He's had enough space to absolutely, you know, salute on the line, stand up, let him know he's in front. So they're not only just winning by nose, they're beating them by a fair while and showing why the Europeans are the top tier calibre when it comes to middle distance plus. Fair enough. Um, when it comes to that though, Nick, I'll ask you this now. Should Animo go to Europe? No. No? What does he have to prove? I think if you're chasing glory, there's not much over that that needs to be said. I just don't think... 
I don't think it ever does well for a horse to go overseas. To end its career. Very elegant, prime example. Nature Strip, prime example. Yeah, it did well over there, but since then it's done nothing. I don't know. I'd just send him straight to the yard. Straight to the stud barn? Yep. Wouldn't even give him a spring in Australia? One more Cox? I'd give him a, I'd give him a spring. I wouldn't send him overseas, to be honest. I'd send him through the Cox Plate one more time. Maybe even the Melbourne Cup. You never know. He probably he, <laughs> pro- no, he probably could run that race. Oh, knowing him, he'd get out of it. But you wouldn't. You wouldn't risk that. Why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. Who knows? That horse could do anything. I could tell you now. Oh yeah, probably. I reckon it would win an Everest. I, you know, who says it can't win a Melbourne Cup? But they wouldn't risk that. But yeah, I reckon. Honestly, my thoughts was send him to Europe. He deserves to go to Europe. He can hang with the best of them. Then Dubai Honor comes, and Haggis said it himself. Dubai Honor would have been a $25 pop in the race if it was in Europe. He is a solid, considered a solid Group 2 horse at best in Europe, not a Group 1 horse. It's tried, it's failed at Group 1 level in Europe, and it absolutely smashed the best that we had in Australia, including Animo. So if Animo is going to go over there and can't even beat the likes of Dubai Honor, I can't see how it's beating the best that Europe has to offer, and that's a sad thing to say, but there's no problem with being big fish, little pond, stay home, I reckon go through another spring, try and win another Cox, and then go off to the breeding yard. He's already got a massive breeding price. I reckon they'll get more money by winning a few more group ones here than going international and trying their luck. I still think he's got a massive price on his head. Like Anyone's going to try and get into that stud um, barn for sure. Has to pay a lot of money. Yeah. How much more? How much more can you cap him at? I think he's already up there. Like I reckon if he wins another Cox Plate... Uh, going second narrowly win win in the three straight cox plates i reckon you'd bump it up plenty fair enough i'd send him to another um spring but i wouldn't send him to europe that's me personally yeah fair enough all right mate as we wind down the carnival we want to touch on just a couple of things to look back at the 10 weeks that have just gone so uh favorite moment of the autumn carnival favorite moment of the autumn carnival would be hard to beat saturday to be honest just a great Great day oh, out. Great day out, yeah. Um, that'd be one of the best, probably, maybe, yeah, I'd say. That yeah. day was a pretty good day. My favourite moment of the carnival was probably Animo winning the George Ryder, just because, like he always does, looks gone for all money, came home, won by nose, and just the roar of the crowd as he walked back down the straight and saluted, stood there in front of the winning post, jam our cans in the air. Standing ovation from literally everyone that was there was loud as fantastic. Definitely has to be my favourite moment of the entire carnival. But when it comes to the horses, best horse of the carnival, not named Animo. It's mm, tough one, mate. You go first and then I'll have a quick think. I was hoping you'd go first because I'm also tossing and turning between a couple of different ones. But I would say horse of the carnival, not named Animo. Really, really tough one, but I would think probably it has to be Mr. Brightside. Oh, yeah, I'd say so. Mr. Brightside, of course, you know, ran pretty solidly without winning in those first two starts and came out all-star mile into Doncaster mile. The uh, owners are now absolutely swimming in gold coins. Um, I think, you know, the world is its oyster. It's now the premier horse over the mile in Australia, especially if Animo goes overseas or retires. Mr. Brightside's there to take the mantle, so I think it would have to be the horse of the carnival, not named Animo. What are your thoughts? I'd say so as well. If I had to pick a different one, I don't know, really. Maybe Jack and I had a pretty good 
pretty good autumn. If it wins the All Age Stakes, I would say Jackano would be up there, very yeah. close second. After this weekend, you'd probably give me give me that question again. I know we won't have another podcast to record for it, but um, Jackano is on the right track, I'd say, to being another great horse for the autumn. Yeah. Fair enough, mate. All right, let's get into the listener questions. We've got Cooper Anderson asking us a couple here. Um, thoughts on the Quokka yep. as a race initiative? It's the yeah, Perth the version of the Everest. Yeah, so I've seen that. Do you it's like it? There's a bit of controversy going around about that at the moment, isn't there? Oh, the barrier drawers. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just saw that actually. They it drew it and apparently got it wrong and it was redrawn. Amelia's jewel, the favourite, went from being in barrier like nine or eight or something all the way out to 14 or 14. So the owners weren't happy at all. Yeah, so it was... Um, it was manually done, not automatically done, by pulled out by the trainers, and apparently there was an error. And then, yeah, and there's all this controversy. So, I don't know. Um, thoughts on it as a race initiative? Great idea, 100%. Love to see big races around Australia. Definitely breeds a new initiative into Western Australia racing. You don't see many sprinters doing too well over there. You've got Trekking is the only one that I can really think of that. Trekking came over and you've got Amelia's Jewel about to come over in the spring. Yeah. Oh, you've got your inspirational girls and your stuff like that. Your other good horses that have come fr- over from there. Your elite streets. Um, your truly greats before RIP had got bit by the spider. Yeah. So it's a great initiative and I think it's going to lead some good horses to come from Western Australia. Hopefully make their way down to Victoria and Sydney for some good racing. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. You know, the more prize money that goes into racing, the better it can get. You know, you see the best of Perth go up against the best of, you know, the uh, East Coast. They're all going over. You've got your Paul Ellies, the Shades of Roses, your Bell and the Patinas. They're all going over there. Horses that you don't usually get to see over in Perth. So not only do the Perth fans get the benefit of seeing some of the best horses in the country, then you get to see if some of those Perth horses stack up, then they get to come over to our shores because they've proven they can hack it because you see a lot of Perth horses come over and they because they haven't been able to contend with such pressure they just fold but the more opportunities they get to do to do it on the big stage they don't have many opportunities over there no, in they big don't. races they've, I think they only have one group one over there maybe no 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 they got about one sprinting group one oh yeah 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 so. one sprinting group one they got yeah I'm pretty sure it's one sprinting one middle distance one stayers so yeah. and like you said Last um, year, we got to see, you know, Cascadian go over. And that leads me into Cooper's next question. Is Amelia's Jewel the best three-year-old in the country considering she's already beaten some of the best, i.e. the Cascadians and the other horses that went over late last year? Don't don't forget to mention, he also says, I think she could be the next Animo. Big call that, Cooper Anderson. Flog. Anyhow, (laughs) I do not think she's the best three-year-old in the country. I think she has not been challenged at all by Sydney Victorian horses that are good. Yes, Cascadian's good, but Cascadian's not Animo. Yeah, I would say Amelia's Jewel needs to come over this spring, which they plan on and then hack it with the No Marriott's. comment until I see some actual races from this horse. Exactly, until I see it face Giga Kick, face in secret. Facts. I can't say that it's the best because those are the two best three-year-olds going around. It's like William Pike. William Pike's the best over in Western Australia. Comes over to Sydney. And only rides one winner a day. Terrible jockey. Not great. I agree, Nick. Um, Lockie Howard. Is Opal Ridge underappreciated in the market considering the last start wasn't that bad and it started very short favourite, now out to $4 in the market just because it came fourth? Uh, Not really, to be 100% honest. You think the market's correct there? Yeah, I'd say so. It's not paying... 
massive overs. Paying three dollars seventy. Open at three forty. What price would you want? Two dollars. You can't have you got a two dollar dollar ninety favorite at the moment in Magic Time. Three dollars seventy is probably the next chance with Opal Ridge. I think that's probably about the right price. I would say it's bang on. I would think there's literally I, I, I literally think that's that's where I would have mapped yeah, it. Three dollars fifty is about where yeah. I would have put it, and it's at three seventy. I if it floats out even more to the five dollar mark, that's when I start getting a bit oop. But I I would have mapped this at three fifty for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. To answer your question, Lockie, neither of us think the price is harsh, and we're potentially going to have a play on it because we do like the price. Uh, and then finally, Henry Bear asks, does Zaki return with a <coughs> win? Um, we'll get into it a bit later, but short answer, no. I agree, but we'll go into the specifics later. All right, Nick. Of course, we've got to remind the listeners, you know, the bright green in the background of our studio right now symbolises to follow us on Spotify, follow us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, help us grow. And if you want to help us grow as well, download Dabble. Yeah, we got um, Dabble's our big partner over in the bookies and we love them. They've got their copy bet feature. Any bets that we mention in this podcast, of course, goes down on our Dabble account. All you have to do is press two buttons in your bet slip, put your stake on and then win with us, hopefully. So literally all you've got to do, punters, is you go to our page at the Mock Sports on the Dabble app. Join the other 19,000 punters copying Ooh, our bets That's just getting week. bigger. I think it started at... 14,000 at the start, the start of, of this season. autumn. Yeah. And then now we're at 19. We're almost at the 20,000 mark. Get it's us to the 20,000 mark. So you can go to it, see any of our bets, press copy bet, go straight into your slip. You can put on the stake and then you press confirm bet and it's on. Like Nick said, you're two clicks away from winning with us this racing season. So click the link in the show notes or in our Instagram bio or sign up to the Dabble app today. Use the code MOCKSPORTS to let them know we sent you. And of course... Whenever you're gambling, please gamble responsibly. Think about what you could be buying instead. Set a deposit 100%. limit, punters. All right, Nick. Let's get into it. The final <coughs> rundown of the season before we come back in spring. The Randwick Carnival, the Autumn Carnival. It concludes this Saturday with a 10-race card headlined by the All-Age Stakes and the Champagne Stakes, two big group ones that we'll get into later. The weather in Sydney currently, sun's out, gun's out, but apparently there's a thunderstorm coming in the next 24 hours. It's been on and off rain, yeah. I'd say. It was on and off rain for the last two days. And when I say that, it's minimal rain. The days have been pretty nice. Very sprinkly. Yeah, so but yeah, um, it hasn't been very hot, but it's been windy, mm, which is Which big. helps dry it out. Yes. So it's dried out all the way to soft five currently. Yep. But that thunderstorm comes down. Who knows if we'll be in soft six, soft seven, heavy eight, heavy nine territory. We need to see I'd where say it the plays rain in goes. Soft track, I say it's going to be wet, yeah, because even if a few mils come down, which they say is the minimum, we should be staying in the soft. So I've done my form on the wet. Uh, the rail goes out seven metres from the 1,000 metres to the winning post, out four metres for the remainder. Uh, of course, the further the rail goes out, the more advantage leaders get. But as we saw last week, it's not always straight away a leader's day. You know, you've got to monitor the bias on the day. I said I was thinking it was going to be a leader's day all day. Clearly did not happen. Nick backed those back markers because who knows? The track can play fair. And I've actually spoken to a few people around the industry. They've predicted to be pretty fair as well, despite the rail placement. They reckon they've got the track preparation and the rail placement bang on to produce fair racing. So, you know... Don't be scared of your back markers. 100%. All right, mate. Race one, 2,000 metre mark. Who starts off the day with a 2,000 metre I was just about to race? stop you. I was about to say, no, I was about to say, how is this good of a race 
race one. Instead of the highway. What's going on there? What is going on here? Who is doing this and why am I not? Apply. <coughs> no. <laughs> race one is an absolute belter. Ozapenko and Pericles. Just great run race to start off. Is only, it a two-horse race? I'd say so. I would say so as well, yes. I'd say so. I think it's a great race. I know I've just ruined pretty much a whole analysis because I'm getting into it. Only six horses in, in this race. Pretty disappointing for the first race, to be 100% honest. Maybe that is why they've shifted to the front because they want the bigger fields later in the day. Who knows? Maybe they want the bets to start flowing earlier, get the turnover going instead of people waiting for the highways and midways to be done. Yeah, maybe that's it. So... What are you thinking about race one, mate? Oh, yeah, like I said, two-horse race. I'll take Osipenko. Animal and Mr. Brightside form seems to be the best form you can get possibly in the country. Step up in distance is one I like for him. You know, it's the only query. Will he get the distance? I think he does. Um, $2.15. Can't complain with the price. You know, you've either got the $2.15 Osipenko or the um, $2.35 Pericles. So I'll be on Osipenko here. I'll take Pericles, that's fine. We'll get into race two. I won't even speak about it too much. Um, <clears throat> 1,200 metres at the highway. Your favourite here is uh, oh, Remlap's Commander. This is a massive field, ladies and gentlemen, let me just say. And I'm going for some value here. I don't know what you're thinking here, mate, but I'm thinking... Oof, I've gone and st I've just changed last minute. I'm going for our boy. Blow Dart with Dill Gibbons. $18 and $5.50 for a place. <laughs> Sorry. For giving its last start at the ninth place, second place last start by just under a length over at Newcastle. It's a good chance. Dill Gibbons, I'm pretty happy with him. He's got the form. He's just ran a group one. Let's get on it. $18, race two. Mate, I'm also going wide here. Um, Darcy Diva, rough, <laughs> I know. As you cough over there in the corner. Um, absolutely flying, this prep. Two wins from four starts and a narrow second and loves this distance. Absolutely loves it. Best work by far done in these conditions at this distance. Potentially, like I said, there could be a little bit of leader's bias, but it should play pretty fair. But if she gets a soft lead and they don't really pressure her, she could definitely go all the way. Happy to have a stab at the $23 to win $6.50 each way in the highway. Highways are back, which means the values are back. Can't go a favourite here. Super open field, like you said, have to be with the rough. Um, Darcy Diva here. Very, very nice getting to race three for us, mate. The midway. The 1,400-metre midway. It's here. It's a very open race. Going to go straight to the point. You miss Einstein. I think as long as she doesn't give them too big of a I start. Like going around the bend, she can round them all up, run them all down. Loves the wet. Always seeming to run on and just fall short. I think she'll be in the finish somewhere. So at $7.50 to win, $2.60 each way odds. I'll happily have a play on her. Very nice, mate. Um, I'm going to give two plays here, one value play and then one that I'm actually on. Oxford Tycoon here is a decent chance at $31, $7.50 for a roughie if you want to play it. Um, this jockey here coming, where's he from? France? Uh, Yao. Yeah. Uh, I believe he's Brazilian. Brazil, wherever he's from. I didn't know. Um, he's been running, riding roughies for the last two weeks. So I'm going to give him a chance here on Oxford Tycoon. But... That's my, that's my play if you want a bit of a value tip there, punters. But I'm going floating. I think the favourite wins here. Favourite's too strong. $2.50 in my eyes. But I can definitely have a play on the $31 odds. Fair enough, mate. Take us to the fourth. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Um, getting to race four at the 1,400 metres. Like we talked about this a bit earlier. Magic Time is your favourite at $1.90. And then Opal Ridge is coming in at <coughs> $3.70 at the moment. I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Open Ridge is where I want to be. $3.70 is a price I can have. I think I'm happy that it's at that price. If it comes out even more, I'll be even more happy. 
Um, like we said, that last run was not that bad. Fourth place on an absolute slop of a track. And it was checked very heavily. Yeah, like it's a decent chance. A great horse here, so I'm going to take it in the fourth. Yeah, I agree. Should have smashed him last start, but got checked. And <coughs> the way she did, to still finish 2.5 lengths off them was really, really impressive in my 100%. eyes. She has the motor as well and the fondness for this track to be getting the job done. Like I said, we're happy with that $3.70 price compared to a $1.90 favourite all day. So Opal Ridge for me as well. Colette in the wet. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? He's on the horse. Oh, Colette. I thought you meant Colette the horse. <laughs> no. Um, race five, uh, 1,200 metres. I honestly think this one rates as one of the races of the day in my mind. All of these horses 100%. around the same sort of mark and they come here all at set weights. It'll be May the best horse win come the end. Uh, Wahaha Falls, massive chance and Gravina, obviously a danger in favourite. Uh, sorry, I mean... Um, sorry, not Gravina. Um... Sorry, Villana in favourite, but Gravina also a very good chance. Damn. Um, they should both. They should all sit just off the speed and launch very late. But I'm going to be with Bacchanalia. Made me plenty of money last start, and um, I won't jump off him here. Yes, raises in weight a fair way here, five kilos. It's a big weight jump with the set weight conditions. But I see no reason why that would take so much out of him. He's got it done with these sort of weights before and these sort of conditions. Abdullah and Cummings are great, consistent pairing, and the horse should be tough enough to run them down come the later stages. $8 to win, $2.35 each way in Bacchanalia. I'm going Gravina here. J-Mac on board. Last two starts have been pretty impressive. Just been off the off the win. You got third place and second place in the f- only two starts in this prep, so it's looking pretty nice for me over at $6.50 and $2.10. So that's a pretty good price. I really like that, actually. As we head over to race six at the 2,000 metres, protagonist is your favourite at $5.50. Very open race, this one. Um, definitely a couple of chances that you like, but I'm going to... I'm going to have a look at a couple of different ones. You've got Dime Mill, even though it's got the 17th bar, I think it's a decent chance. And there's a couple of different ones as well. But I'm going to stick with Pride of Jenny, $14. Regan Bayless on board. The jockey of the rooms, as I've been told by the other jockeys, Tim Clark and Dylan Gibbons. And I'm sure we'll hear the same tomorrow from Tyler. Pride of Jenny for me, $14 and $4.20. I think she's a really good chance. And then coming into this one, as long as it plays into a soft track, which I think it will... She should be fine. Pride of Jenny. Fair enough, mate. I know protagonist doesn't typically go as well in the, you know, wet in traditional Australian sense, but all horses from Europe know how to get their toe on the ground. They're good over there. It's pretty much our soft anyway. Um, this carnival, like I said, has proven with Dubai Honor and a few others that European stayers are better than the Aussies in every way, shape and form. The Markwin and Haggis combo is elite. They win 50% of the time. So every second race that they're on, they win and this horse is at four from seven at the distance. I'm happy to be with him here. $5.50 favourite here. I think, you know, the Europeans show us how they do it once again. 100%. Get into race seven, mate. Uh, race seven and eight's tip off. So we'll go to race nine, 1,400 metres here. Military expert and my sugar to push forward here and set the tempo with plenty of horses sitting just off them in what should be a moderately run race here. I'm thinking considering their respective draws, the leaders will try and run really hard to try and snag the win here, meaning the ones who are cruising just off them can finish strongly. I think Zach Lloyd on Tamerlane will be absolute peach for a win here. Up in class off last start, so drop some weight. I think he flies late. Take the win. $5. Tamerlane for me. I agree. Two kilo claims, just too good. Getting to the last. Great race, this one. Jeez, I reckon this is the quaddy absolute The quaddy killer. Yeah, 100%. There's a, definitely... Lots of plays here. I think that a lot of people are going to get to this last leg of the quarter and definitely not get it. There's a lot of good chances. Mao Tai, $8. One, two starts to go, and then second place last start. 
um, behind Tamerlane, who we just tipped both of us. So, yeah, that's pretty good form to go off. The face is another one. We followed that horse pretty well up in Queensland for a little bit, and now it's back down, correct? Uh, yeah, back in the olden days of <coughs> mock that days. Was, that was ages ago, I must say, but it hasn't had much of a win back since then. Um, and then your favourite, Democracy Manifest, who I think is just going to be too good here. So I'm going to go with Democracy Manifest in the last. Succulent. Um, Succulent Chinese meals. Look, last autumn season, last race of the season, I knocked off a $40 Ruffy with much, much better. Can I get another Ruffy? I think I can. Easy single at $17, massive value for a horse that can press forward, lead, kick at the top of the straight, has form behind Kalos, which is form that I respect highly. It's been specced recently as well with that race producing a subsequent winner. Let's just throw some money at the stumps here each way. Easy single. Let's do it again. $17 to win, $4.60 each way to place to finish off the season with a bang. 100. All right, mate. Let's head to the tip off. Play the sting. All right, mate. The tip off. You only have to make up 10 points, which is doable. It's very doable. Three races. Three races to make up 10 points. Easy pickings. But this will determine it. You had punter of the spring. I was punter of the autumn last year. I'm trying to take my crown back. Yeah, but what do you want? Honestly, punter of the autumn, punter of the spring. Well, we're two all in these punter of competitions. I'd like to just take the lead in that overall. I want spring. Spring yeah. is so much more dominant. You were very dominant in the spring, but we get here. Race eight, over in Ascot, like we said, the Quokka. Kementari, overpass, tricks of the trade, uncommon James, Massimo, red can man, resort man, hot Zed, western knight. Then you've got Bella Nipatina, Shades of Rose, Asphora, Bustler, Favourites Amelia's Jill, and then you've got the Emergencies, Comfort Mia, Cremia, however you say that, Star Trade and Titan Blinders. Uh, look, I'm pretty simple here. Like we said, Amelia's Jewel has to prove itself against the best. It can come out and smash them here potentially, but the whole thing with the barrier, they almost thought of scratching from that barrier. So clearly the camp isn't super confident. I think Bella Nipatina, considering that it has been there with the best, it's Beating the best. It's coming over now. It's going to show them how we do it over on the East Coast. Ben Mellum and Mayor and Eustace, they have an elite record together. They're put, the return on turnover with them, if you back every horse where they combine, is upwards of like 62%, which is just insane. So clearly the jockeys and the trainers have a great connection there. It's a great horse. Bella Nipatina all the way at $4 for me. I was going to take it as well, but I'm Ooh. not going to now because I need to pick something different. So I'm going Uncommon James here. Um, $7 and $2.35 for the win I think this is my second best chance in the race Did really well in the Galaxy um, Second place behind Maria Mia of our, course. our boy Tyler um, Back to group one there So yeah I'll take I'll take Uncommon James Pretty happy with that one So we'll head over to Sydney now Back to Randwick here Race 7 It's the Champagne Stakes 1600 metres First time these two year olds see it Last year It was the two horse race Between Fireburn and She's Extreme She's Extreme came out on top in that one to stop Fireburn from winning the Triple Crown. Um, but you've got an interesting field here. Don Corleone and Militarise, the only horses to come out of the Slipper and uh, Sires produce stakes there to do both of them, of course. A couple come out of the Sires, but those are the only horses to continue all the way through. Militarise looks for to confirm Waller's Triple Crown. Of course, Militarise didn't win the Slipper, but Shinzo for Waller did. Then Militarise came out and smashed them in the Sires can complete that triple crown here. So you've got Don Corleone, Militarised, Tom Kitten, bases loaded, make a call, Felix the Scat, Kintyre, Townsend, Townhauser, Pierre Pressure, and Maha Ali. 
thoughts, Nick, and why? Oh, you, you can go first for all these tips before I do a tip because I can't tip the same as you. Fair That's enough. Fair. Um, look, boring, straight bat here, yeah, militarise. Because yeah. I think what it did wasn't a fluke just because it was a bog of a track. It clearly dealt with the distance way better than anyone else did. It was also running on towards the tail of the field um, in the slipper because it got smashed. So it was never a chance. It got caught up in that drama in the back of the field. It's a complete forgive. But we forget the start before that. It was running behind Cylinder and Red Resistance. Three lengths off them by you, but a Cylinder and Red Resistance not the best two-year-old form to be fo- uh, following throughout the entire carnival. It worked for Shinzo in the slipper, and it clearly worked That's for Militarise in the size produce. Absolutely smashed them. Um, done deal, of course. Um... You know, it's bred to go further. Dundeal, you know, was a middle distance horse. So we know it should be getting to the mile here. $2.10, it's getting short enough now. I wouldn't like to see it dip under that $2 price. But if it stays above $2, I'm very happy with Militarise here. And, you know, yeah, the magic man's going to get it done. I'm going to take Tom Kitten. Tom Kitten? Two weeks in a row, going off the one week back up. But big thing here. Has won at this distance before, of which course. was last week. Last week, off the week back off. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Um, I'm going to take it Nash on top here. So, yeah, I'm going to go Tom Kitten, and that's going to give me the lead back. That would that would make me have to chase you down in the final race if that does indeed get up, which, of course, the main oh. event of the day, the 1,400 metres all-age stakes. I believe last year was won by Cascade, and he comes back looking to go two years straight. Not sure if he can do it with this distance now that he's dropping back down from the staying but who knows, he's done it before, potentially can do it again here. You've got Zaki at the top of the field, Lost and Running, Private Eye, Cascadian, Mazu, Bandersnatch, Ho-Oh, Amazon, Colding, Rockin' Horse, Electric Girl, Yakano, and Giga Kicks, your favourite to round out the field. Who you got, mate? First off, let's just touch on that question we got asked earlier, Zaki. Zaki, too hard coming back from an injury. If it gets it done, definitely good, but as an eight-year-old horse coming back into it off an injury, it's never looking good. I'd like to see a run or two coming back into it and then as it as it gets into it. I don't know why they've decided to bring him back just at the end of autumn. Couldn't have waited until... It's, it's, it's headed to Brisbane. Yeah, all right. Why? I don't know, but yeah. Okay. Zaki at $6. Can't entertain me. Can't. Yeah. Not after that. It's okay. too old of a horse to come back from injury and do well. Here's why I'm not backing Zaki. Here's why you shouldn't be backing Zaki on the weekend. Um... A setback at this old, obviously, is a massive red flag. Its first trials coming back to the track were very worrying. It was showing no muster. And, you know, its latest trial, it showed enough muster to actually, you know, come back to the races, but it still wasn't back to its brilliant best. First up here, over 1,400 metres. Yes, he has done it twice before, but let's think about the other four times that he's come absolutely nowhere over 1,400 metres. Plus, knowing the fact that it's fresh, doesn't get the same sort of conditions as, you know, a Mazu, a Private Eye, a Giga Kick, who are all coming here third up. They're ready to peak. They're ready to pounce. I also so don't think this distance suits Zaki very well. Exactly right. Like I said, two wins first up at this distance, yeah. But he's got six runs for two wins and four unplaced runs. And I think he's just not going to be fit and sharp enough at eight years old and coming off the setback and coming off first up, I reckon you need to look elsewhere, punters. In saying that, he is a fuck, oh, has a fucking great record. I'm going to say it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from nine runs, it's had seven wins with J-Mac and then a third place as well. That's insane. First up record, you've got eight starts, four wins, a sec- two seconds and a third. That's literally seven out of eight runs has been in the top, top three first up. So it's pretty crazy. So I don't know. First up, could not worry it, but at the same time, 
I don't know, it really worries me at this distance of coming back from injury. You just can't entertain me with it. But then again, punters, you can do whatever you want. It's up to you. But m- me personally, I'm not going to be there. Yeah, I'm too many red flags for us personally. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this race? Who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go Mazu. Honestly. Yeah, I like that. Um, people think it hasn't seen this distance before. It might not even get out to it. But it's bred to. Maurice was a winner over the mile in 1,400 metres plenty of times. You know, that, of course, Maurice being a sire from Japan. Very talented horse over these distances. So I think it's going to be able to get out to it. If it runs the distance, it's going to be in the finish. That's yep. all I'm going to say. Mazu, especially if the rain comes down. Its turn of foot on the wet is unlike any other horse in this field. So while they're all being bogged down, it'll only get better. So Mazu for me, $8 to win, $2.50 each way. And like I said, I think it's in the finish no matter what. So I'm happy with it. I'm going Giggy Kick. I think Giggy Kick is the best horse in this race. It looks really, really good in the... Uh, TJ Smith. Um, Very unlucky not to win. Yeah, I wish I win. Had a great run there, and it literally only fell half a length off. So another 100 metres, it would have won. So I'm going to go gig kick $3, $1.50 for a place. That's it for the tip-off, mates. Yes, we'll see. Uh, we'll put it up on our socials, who is the winner at the end of the day. But that's it for this season. We'll be back in spring with the tip-off. Um, all right, around the grounds, looking around the country, I've only found two, mate. Sandown Race 6, you got Jumbuck, $4.40. It's made this podcast a lot of money in previous um, starts, so I'm hoping he does again. Same with Kips Bay up at Eagle Farm, Race 7, $2. I reckon that horse just wins. Two horses that have been, you know, they've been our bread and butter over the last six months, so no reason to uh, jump off them now. They'll be doing me for the around the grounds. How about you? Only have, I have two bets, actually. Both at Sandown, Race number 8. Sosi Bond at $4.60 comes down in class by a major part. It's racing in group ones and then coming down to this absolute shit of a field. $4.60, I, I, I like it there. And then race nine, name bet. Give me a name bet. My boy Birmingham. For my boy Tom Birmingham. Fair enough. From the Hello Sport podcast. $51 for the win and $12 for a place. Put it in your exotics. Get it done. Thank you, boys. All right, fair enough. The quaddy. Let's finish off the season with a bang in the quaddy. Race 7, we've got Don Corleone, Militarised, Tom Kitten, Town Z. Race 8, Giga Kick, Jackano, Mazu, Private Eye. You go the last two again, mate. Uh, race 9, we've got Kota Healy, Tamerlane, Brutality and Jojo Was a Man. Race 10, Tide, Democracy Manifest, Easy Single, Kinlock. $50 gets you 19.5%. Now, mate, you finally got back on the ball with the best bets while again I failed at the last hurdle there with Animo. He didn't salute for me. Now... Let's finish off the season in a big way. Of course, we're going to be continuing these best bets all throughout the year, and we'll see who's the best is towards the end of the year. But for now, our last episode of the autumn, who is your best bet around the country and why? Democracy Manifest is my best bet a of the day. A succulent best bet. $4 for the win and $1.75. I think it's the best chance in this race. Proven, proven winner, first up record, three wins, one second place from four starts. I think it's pretty good. And it's going to be my best bet. Fair enough, mate. I'm going to go Protagonist. I think Ooh. protagonist, Markwind, Haggis, $5.50. I know it's a big for a best bet. Usually we're around the $2, $3 mark, but, you know, they are the better horses. He absolutely, you know, showed them how to get the job done last time he was at this distance. Dropped back down to the mile, didn't really like it. Gets back up to his prime distance here, mate. I can't see him running poorly, so protagonist has to be my best bet of the day to once again show the Aussies how to get the job done. Fair enough, and that's where we leave it there, punters. Last um, time this autumn, mate. Yeah, that's Won't it. see us for a few months. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Hopefully, the YouTube is up as never happened. Only once it's happened, so hopefully it's up. Hopefully, we can get some more clips to you guys. Um, 
have a look. Tyler Schiller should be out next week or the week before. If you haven't watched our other ones, Timmy Clark, Dill Gibbons, Gibbons, Gary Moore. Gary Moore. They're all up there. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Wanted to touch on that. This is the last time you see us in the Quaddy Potty format for a while, but there's still going to be plenty of content going out to you. Nick and I fly off to Europe in July. You won't see us for about a month there, but up until then, we're going to keep you chock full of content. We're working on a lot of interviews. Like we said, Tyler Schiller's going to be coming out. He's going to be the first one in a few weeks. We've got some other jockeys we're speaking to, some trainers, and other sporting icons with AFL, other sports. AFL, cricket, NRL, rugby. Cricket. We're going everywhere. Mocks are going national here with all the sports. Of course, the themocksports.com.au. You can follow us there with plenty of articles, punting, weekly tips, uh, opinion pieces, and follow us on your Instagrams and your TikTok so you never miss a single tip or a single bit of the Mock Sports content. Once we hit 2,000 Instagram followers, we're going to hit a giveaway as well. So make Huge. sure you get us up there. 100%. But until then, until we see you again, please gamble responsibly, punters. Set a deposit limit if you have to. But for now, over and out. Cheers, guys. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes...